This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. In season six, I'm taking you away from your everyday routine, and we're going to Venice with an exhausted young executive called Emily Lee, who badly needs a holiday. We're taking a train through the Alps and then a Vaporetto across the Venetian Lagoon to a yoga centre on the island of Pacelli to meet a group of colourful individuals who are maybe not quite what they seem. So, make yourself a cappuccino or mix an Aperol spritz and get ready to listen to Peril in Venice. Chapter 1 Journey to Pacelli It was the year a large shark was seen swimming down the Grand Canal. For a week the newspapers were full of the story, and everybody at work told Emily Lee that she would be eaten alive when she announced she was going to Venice for a holiday. I need a break, she told her boss. It's been too much. It really had. In the previous few months, she had uncovered a sophisticated fraud inside the German company Burgerbild, where she worked, which had resulted in the death of a project manager and the arrest of the company's chief financial officer. She was exhausted and decided that two weeks in Venice half of which would be in an exclusive spa hotel on a little island in the lagoon, offering courses in relaxation and yoga, was just what she needed. Her friend and colleague at Burgerbild, Filippo Cimino, was pleased. You'll love Venice. I studied there, you know. Why don't I come for a few days, too, to show you around? Emily pointed out that at 28 years old, she should be able to manage. But Filippo disagreed. I tell you, you'll need me. Two minutes in the back streets around San Marco on your own and you'll be lost. So, Emily had agreed to meet up with Filippo after the spa week and he would be her guide. She set off by train from Munich to Venice at lunchtime. She loved seeing the countryside, houses and people gradually changing, and it gave her a feeling for travel which she never really experienced when she flew from one plastic airport to another on business. The train left the neatly packaged German fields and flowery gardens behind, and the scenery gradually became more and more hilly until they were going through the mountains and speeding past cars and trucks, nose to tail on the motorway bridges, before shooting into the Italian sunshine, with the hills becoming smaller and smaller again, and the gardens near the stations bursting with fruits and vegetables. At 6.30 in the evening, the train finally rolled along the causeway from Mestre into Venice, with water on both sides of the track and the low profile of the buildings and churches rising out of the lagoon to greet them. She rolled her suitcase down the station platform, smelling the air and 
noticing the sounds all around her. It was warmer, louder, and smelt interestingly different to Munich, whose main station seemed to be dominated by the smell of kebabs and sausages. This was her first time in Venice, and, as she came out of the main entrance, she didn't know what to expect. Filippo had talked for hours about how beautiful Venice was, but she thought she might be disappointed. After all, it was only the station area. But the moment she came out onto the steps, she felt her heart jump. Directly in front of the station was the Grand Canal, the water thick with boats going up and down, and following a logic it was difficult for a tourist to understand at first. Real gondoliers in stripy shirts, their gondolas full of digital camera-clicking tourists, rowed down the opposite side, calmly finding a path past the water buses, the famous Vaporettos. A white church with a bright green copper dome, San Simeone, her guidebook told her, faced the station, and up above everything, the pigeons and seagulls flew from side to side in a blue sky that looked as if it had come from a Venetian painting. Near the station, Emily went to a bar and ordered a cappuccino, trying out her bad Italian, which somehow the barman managed to understand. How was it that even with so many tourists, Italians were usually friendly? Emily decided that they must have an extra friendliness gene that was missing in the rest of the world. It was the only possible explanation. She sat and watched the vaporators arriving in front of the station to release crowds of people, mostly tourists returning to the mainland after a day in Venice, and enjoyed the feeling of having no emails to answer, reports to write, or meetings to go to. This was going to be the most relaxing holiday ever, she decided. Two weeks of doing very little and not worrying about anything. When she was ready, she took the number one Vaporetto down the Grand Canal and, probably like the poor confused shark, fell in love with everything she saw. At San Zaccaria, she changed boats and sat looking back at the sun setting over Venice as the ferry chugged across the lagoon into the darkness towards the island of Pacelli and the advanced centre for wellness and meditation. Chapter 2 Dr. Caliban Leone Did you sleep well, Signorina Lee? It was ten o'clock the next morning. Dr. Caliban Leone, the founder of the centre, spoke excellent English with a slight Italo-American accent. He sat on a cushion in front of a large window that looked onto a beautiful garden leading down to the sea. He was about fifty, with shoulder-length white hair tied into a ponytail 
and was dressed in pale blue robes. His voice was deep and relaxing. His eyes were almost black. Yes, thank you, very well. Emily had arrived quite late at the centre. The last part of the journey had been in a water taxi. Dr. Leone had met her at the quay and carried her bags up to her room. She was so tired she had just brushed her teeth, fallen into bed and slept for ten hours. She had been woken by a knock and had found a tray with coffee and rolls outside her door and a note from Leone asking her to come to see him in the meditation hall downstairs when she was ready. What led you to us? Oh, I think it was an advert in a magazine. Yes, but what made you want to come here? His voice made Emily want to talk. Little by little, she told Leone about her family in Malaysia, the British-style girls' school she went to in Kuching, the enormous culture shock she had experienced going to Harvard Business School, and her most recent job, which had ended in a murder investigation. For Emily, this had been a shocking experience. She had been selected by a senior manager at Burgerbuild, Frank Churchill, to look at the finances of a big project after the project accountant, Sean McCabe, had committed suicide. Churchill was a former boyfriend of Emily's and, to her horror, she found out that he was not only stealing money from the company, but he had also murdered Sean. She realised that Churchill had only given her the job because he thought their previous romance would stop her looking too hard or going to the police. It was a mistake that meant he was now sitting in jail. Leonie listened quietly until she had finished. I can see it's not a good idea to underestimate you, signorina. But now what you need is time to relax. Here in Pacelli you are in the right place. We have a program for you. In the morning a little exercise, followed by the special vitamin breakfast we have developed. That will help to restore your strength. My mother always said that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. There was a moment's pause from Leonie, and Emily decided that humour was not his strong point. However, he gave a polite smile. She was right, of course. After breakfast, two hours of yoga with the other guests and myself, or one of my employees. Valentina is the instructor today. Then lunch and a siesta during the heat of the day. After that you may swim, explore the island. It is deserted apart from us, you know. Or take a mud bath and perhaps have a massage. Dinner is with the other guests from 8.30. It sounds wonderful. Who are the other guests? When do I meet them? They come from many places, but some of them are looking for quiet and will not welcome much contact outside of the mealtimes. 
right. Emily felt like a schoolgirl who had said the wrong thing in church. You will be looked after by Maria Torres. Let me introduce you. Maria! Maria! The door behind Emily opened when he called, and a Filipino woman of about 25 entered. She knelt next to the cushion Emily was sitting on, and, putting her hands together, bowed her head, first to Leone and then to Emily. Maria will be your hostess while you are here. She is a fitness instructor and masseuse. Today she can show you the island. Hello, Maria. Do you look after other guests as well as me? asked Emily. Yes, Signorina. I have two other guests at the moment. Well, I'll try not to be a nuisance then. Maria smiled. Don't worry, Signorina. Would you like me to show you around now? Please, call me Emily. I would like that, but I should unpack my bags first. Oh, I've done that for you already. Shall we go? Very good, Maria, said Leone. Please tell Milos that I will see him in a moment. Maria went to the door. Emily stood and turned for a moment towards Leone. Well, thank you, Dr. Leone. I feel very happy that I'm here. That's good, Emily. The healing has begun. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Peril in Venice. If you did, please tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is definitely the best way for more people to find out about Behind the Bottom Line. And tell them they can find it on any podcast player. And if they follow, each week they'll get another amazing episode. And best of all, it doesn't cost them a penny. No fees, no subscriptions. Doesn't get better than that, does it? And as for you, if you are familiar with the show, why not visit my website on www.behindthebottomline.com and leave a review there. Or you can rate the show on Apple Podcast and leave a review there as well. In next week's episode, we get to meet some of the other rather peculiar guests at the centre and Emily has her fortune told by one of them. So... Until then, take care and goodbye.